Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Parker, you're supposed to bring champagne. What the hell happened? I thought you were bringing it. You're so cheap, it's unbelievable. It really is. Where's my coffee? Champagne? Nothing. What are you bringing to the table here? I mean, the usual. (laughs) My charming personality. That's it. You're oozing that. My sense of optimism. Absolutely. I just, I... I feel it. I mean, we could have bought champagne. What would we do with it? Drink it or we throw it on you? I mean, you. I'm looking around the studio. There's a whole lot of space here. Would they be mad? We did it? They wouldn't care? I don't know. I don't think they'd care. Mm. Um, Congratulations to the Toronto Blue Jays, Mm. who... Did nothing to clinch. Them. That's not true. No, they did. They they had the they swept they, the Red Sox. Yeah, 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 yeah. They swept the Red Sox after having the uh, a, a a playoff spot clinched thanks to a Baltimore Orioles loss during their off day. I'm going to read you some numbers. Let's hear them. This series, this three game sweep, the Jays outscored the Red Sox twenty five to three for the year. The Jays finished 16 and 3 against the Red Sox. They outscored them 125 to 55. Oh, good. The fire alarm's on. That's awesome. Keep reading. Nobody They outscored the Red Sox 125 to 55. There's nobody in this building, anyhow. Except us. Give me a fire extinguisher. I'll put the damn thing out. They outscored the Red Sox 125. Boy, stay hot. 125 to 55. And they outhit the Red Sox 218 uh, to 155. Buffalo wants to run. It's the most hits. Of course he does. <laughs> okay. it's the most it's the most hits against one team in a single uh, season. Any moment now, we're going to hear the voice from God come over the line yeah. telling us. Yeah. Coming over the background telling us that, you know, things are being investigated. Um, what should we do? So there you go. This this is the... Ignore uh, the sit- yeah, ignore it. This is a situation. It's like in a hotel. When the fire alarm goes <laughs> off in a hotel... I'm not up. leaving. I don't care. I'm not leaving my room. I, I I don't care. I do not care. I care a little. I'm never leaving a hotel in the middle of a fire alarm. A You're not catching me in my pajamas outside. <laughs> Come and get me in my room if it's Blair that bad. Running out in his little tidy whities Cheek to ear. <laughs> That's a fire. So this much we know after the weekend. The Blue Jays will awesome. either... I can't think. The Sorry. Blue Jays will either, you know, now you got me all confused. The Jays can't finish any lower than second place in the wild card race. Yes, that's a great point. They're either going to host the Rays, they're going to host the Mariners, or they're going to go to Seattle. The thing, One thing that is off the table is they will not be going to Tampa to play the Rays in the first round. And... They will not be going to Cleveland to play the Guardians. Even Kiprios is here. <laughs> He's not running either. They won't be going to Cleveland to face the Guardians. That's good or bad? That's really good. Although, I, I don't, I, I fail to, you know, the, the whole social media, yeehaw, we're not going to the trop. Why are you worried about going to the trop? I'd rather play the Rays than the Mariners. I have yeah, any sure idea why anybody wants to play the Mariners. I'd rather play the Rays. I, I, well, there's there's many ways you can go about this. I, I think if you're if you're happy and you're looking at big picture, you want the Jays to be at home, which it looks like they're going to be. If you know if, if they win two out of three, I think they the got magic that. numbers too. Any yeah, combination yeah, they, of Jays wins and Mariners yeah, losses yeah. will give the Jays home field advantage. The Mariners have an extra game. They got four games against the Detroit Tigers including a doubleheader tomorrow. Yeah, but it's Barrios and, and Mitch White and Yusei Kikuchi. The boy just oozes two out of three, don't it? Isn't that what it is? For the Orioles. boy just oozes two out of three. 
for the Jays. So basically, it's Barrios and two bullpen days. There you go. Well, I mean, depends on how Barrios' curveball looks and the fastball command and the two-seamer into righties. <clears throat> but, look, the, the way you see the, the Jays now and the, the competitive at-bats that they have and the, and the way the pitchers, at least the starters that matter for their team, the ones that's going to throw in me the most, the way they're efficient – uh, you know, they're averaging about 16 pitches per inning. Mm-hmm. They're throwing strike one about 65% of the time, all three of them. Uh, they're, when they're, you know, most of the time with two strikes, they're competitive. Their takes are harder, right? You want to be competitive. They don't give up too many hits with two strikes, which in the playoffs, that's a big deal. You want to yeah. go deeper. You want to, you know, be quick in and out. It's the Tim Mesa effect when he's facing Aaron Judge. Four pitches and I'm out, right? It's action, action, action. That's how you go deeper. So they're doing that. The three guys that matter. And their lineup just looks tougher to get out. Now, I know it's the Red Sox and – but you still got to go out there and have competitive bats and and take that close one to get yours. And it just looks like whenever Teoscar and some guys at the bottom of the order are doing that, take a little bit of pressure off the top three or four guys in your lineup to not always have to do it. I think that's the reason why this lineup, at the beginning of the year, everybody was oozing and on and can't wait to see what they're going to bring. And when it's looking like it's looked the last three games. I think now you're you're understanding why everybody's so excited about the Blue Jays lineup. Six three was the uh, final score yesterday. Ten nothing on Saturday. Nine nothing on Friday. That's annoying, by the way. Ten nothing. What the score? The just no. relaxed. It's just a flashing light. It's not that big a deal. It's not like it's a strobe light. I mean, you're the former player. Block it out. You had people yelling at you, telling you you suck. So focus on this. And never mind the little flashing. People in this room tell me that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I block you out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so as I said, the Jays celebrated hard Friday night and then no hangover Saturday, 10 nothing. Uh, Ross Stripling, his fifth scoreless start. Bo Springer, Hernandez, Jansen, 14 for 17. 14 for 17 mm-hmm. in that 10 nothing win. Here we are, three games left in the regular season. And this team is scoring runs in bunches. And I'm not going to turn, and we're not, we're not going to pick on Vladdy here. But nobody's even mentioning Vladdy for the most part here. Mm-hmm. You know, the storyline right now yeah. is got our guys like Whit Merrifield, mm-hmm. the bottom of the order, Danny Jansen, and Kevin Teoscar Hernandez. His two home runs yesterday uh, to different parts of the park. In his last mm-hmm. 11 games, I'm just looking at this, in his last 11 games now, Teoscar is uh, to do something like 341, 350 in his last 11 games. He has had two four-hit games since September 20th. Those are the only four-hit games he's had. Yeah, he's seeing the ball better. He, he's not drifting. Drifting means you're sort of your lower half's out in front of your upper half. It's not connected, he, so you can't have the separation. Uh, he's seeing the ball quicker, which allows him to process quicker. His, you know, little kryptonite is the slider away. The sooner he can see that thing, the better chance he's got to laying off that. His knee t- turn is shorter. When it's longer, what happens? His eyes follow his knee, which means now he can only see the ball with one eye, and he tends to have a little sit and spin on his backside, which he doesn't have anymore, and that allows him to keep his shoulders square. When his shoulders are square, and I've told you this since the first time I saw Teo take batting practice and hitting balls in the flight deck in right center field at the Rogers Center, he's got more power than anybody on that team. And you could argue in baseball, he can change the game because he can go line to line. And when they have him doing the things that he's doing now, which allows them obviously to make it a little easier to put him in the five hole and move Chappie down to the six hole, he's a game changer, right? All of a sudden now you got five guys, one through five who are who can do damage and change the game with one swing instead of two or three hit or miss kind of things. And and they're going to have to have that. I know, I know we haven't mentioned Vladdy in the first eight minutes because of the buzzer going off and, and everybody else doing well, their thing. Because everybody else is doing their everybody thing. Everybody else yeah. is doing their thing. But that's got to change in the playoffs. Vladdy's going to have to do his thing. I mean, he's going to have to be an aircraft carrier. I, and, I, and I think he'll, he'll again, it's one for four with a two RBI double. It's not three for four. Yeah, but that's one what for you're four, asking but that for. That doesn't necessarily make you an aircraft carrier. Sure it does. Four when you're, four when you're hitting you third an and, and teams are trying to not let you beat them, that's, Anyhow. that's doing some things. Um, we'll be joined by Dan Shulman, Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet at 10.30. 11.30, John Schneider, Blue Jays manager, joins us for his weekly hit 
from Baltimore ahead of the first yeah. of three games between and, the Orioles and Jays. Oh, it wouldn't be our show if, if I didn't bring <clears> this up, too. It, it's funny how much harder you see Teoscar playing or running the bases. When he's what was the numbers you mentioned in the last fifteen like games? Like three forty-one. Yeah, last it's amazing how games, healthy, something like how, that. How healthy he looks when he's raking. Yeah, that's funny how that and works, how engaged he looks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is remarkable. That Boy, foot doesn't are, seem to be uh, bothering. Does it? No, no foot I, seems to be okay. Uh, Whit Merrifield, Kevin, <laughs> he's hitting ten of eleven, four twenty-one, four doubles, four home runs, nine RBI. Santiago Espinal, we're led to believe, will play during this series against the Orioles. He went to the All-Star game as a second baseman. But for me, Kevin, barring injury, Whit Merrifield has to start. He has to be my starting second baseman in game one of the, no, of the ALDS. No, no question. I mean, that's without a doubt. If John Snyder tells you anything, he will play the hot hand. He's not afraid to mix up the lineup and move guys around. And unless you're George Springer... Maybe the first three guys, even Vladdy and, and Bo, he's, well, he's moved, moved them around he's enough. He's moved them around, yeah. So the one guy hasn't Springer. moved around is Springer. Well, obviously, because he makes right. 150 large, and it would be very hard to do that, right. even if he was struggling. But, yeah, you're playing the hot hand. And are you okay with him playing second? I am, right? It's it's Even if Santi comes back and plays three days in a row and plays, you know, 27 innings and gets four or five hits, are you still playing Whit Merrifield? I am. I just It just seems like he's... You know, he, he is an educated guesser, and he guesses location a lot. You can tell you watch his at-bats. Doesn't take a brain surgeon to watch his at-bats and see that when he takes pitches down the middle, it's because of why he's not swinging at that, right? It's a – give you an example. It's like when he when he hit the home run, the guy threw him a ball away for strike one. Hee-haw. If I'm stepping out and I'm a smart dude and I've watched enough video, probably not going to double up on that. He's probably going to go away in, away in. I'm looking in. I'm not looking fastball. I'm mm-hmm. looking in. What's Just he getting? Location. An, ele- an yep. elevated heater. It was like 91, 92 miles an hour. He gets a head out. He hits a homer. It's those kind of things. And I think now he's just a little bit more refined with that. And he doesn't have the slide. Right? Sometimes he gets a little wiggle and his swing looks like a worm. You know, when a worm is moving around, mm-hmm. his swing sort of looks that way, where his elbows are rocking back and forth. Now he's got a little bit better connection, a little bit better separation, and I think that's a connection of, of a couple of things. He's more consistently playing. Mm-hmm. He knows that, that he doesn't have to go and look at the <clears throat> lineup card to know he's going to play, which is a big deal. And... He's got a little experience. He's very athletic. He's a smart dude. You see the plays he makes. He, he has instincts, which you can't teach those. Those come with experience. And I think in a playoff hunt with who you have playing shortstop, and, you know, we saw that play, the ricochet off of Bo, that they sort of did the half dive, and then he makes the play and throws a guy out at first base. I'm not saying Espinal can't do that because Espinal's a great defender. Right. But I'm saying you got to be in that position, right? you got to put yourself there. you got to back up the play. Now, it helps when you're raking. Let me ask you this. But about, I like him playing second in the playoffs. Let me ask you this about Whit Merrifield because he's a guy, got a pretty good track record. This was has not been a good year for him until the trade to Toronto. It was not a good year for him. He came over to the Blue Jays, was forced into a bench role, and forced is strong. Yeah, well, he, he wasn't hitting. He, so yeah, it made it exactly. Easier. Well, and yeah, he also yeah. he's. <clears throat> pardon me. He was also. You know, second base, Santiago Espinal was the second sure. baseman at that time. So that's right. I shouldn't say forced into mm-hmm. a bench role. Taking a bench role, and you've talked about this, it's not an easy thing to do to come off the bench. It Rich just seems. Not used to it. But now he's... Now he's on... I don't know if I call it a heater, but he's certainly on something of a role now. Is it possible that that may have helped him as a hitter? Playing more? No, taking that time off or having that mm. reduced workload and then coming back and playing more. In other words, it's like my bad year was interrupted. Now I'm going again and it, things seem to be I, going I can only my speak way. from experience. I, I think you have a different voice, the different organizations that you go to. No organizations all speak the same language. They just don't. Right. Like, right you're, you're getting a different way of speaking it. Now, it is C-ball, hit-ball, so that's that thing is sort of the same exact kind of thing. It's the mechanics part of it. It's how you refine being that educated guesser on location. It's how you do that between the times you're playing. Uh, it's 
uh-oh, a guy's went down. Now I get to play more. So I can sort of mesh all those two things together. You know, you may do more T work. You may do less T work. I know he's a big T guy, right? It's it's that the coil of his swing has to be there so he's able to stay through the ball, keep his barrel in the hitting zone where the ball will go where he wants to go. If the ball's away, I want to hit the right center. I got to stay through it. The coil of his swing has to be good. So the sway's not there. Mm. The, the sway is, I think... Further to your point, it's the more you play, the more swings, the more bats you have, everything's going to be better. It okay. just will be. But you have to have an organization that's buying into you're a good player enough that we're going to give you a chance, even though we're trying to make a playoff spot here, to give you a chance to figure it out because of the track record. Like I you, think that's what it is. When you think about it from Whit Merrifield's point of view, <clears throat> here's an organization that has to make the playoffs, that has made the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. But you joined an organization who's, I mean, it's it, they had to make the playoffs. And you were joining an organization that had an all-star at second base. Yeah. And, you know, an outfield that generally is pretty set, give or, give or taking yeah. the George Springer's move into DH. And if I'm Whit Merrifield and I wake up this morning, I'm feeling pretty good about myself because that organization that had all that going on has taken on a guy from a team that stunk, who wasn't having a very good year, yeah. and they've put me in a responsible position. Pressure, expectations to come from a stinky team to one of the best teams in baseball, and you you can't afford to stink mm. for very long. Like, you got to figure it out. If you don't figure it out, you ain't playing. Like, John Snyder's basically told these guys without telling them by the way he writes out the lineup, yeah. that if you ain't playing well, you ain't playing. So I, I give him credit you know, he sort of got a little Danny Jansen in him when he sees the guy in front of him doing as well as he's doing. There's some urgency there to figure it out quicker. What what am I doing wrong, and I need to fix this quicker so I can play more, so I can help this team go to where they want do, to go is kind of cool to watch. Do you ever find yourself wondering what Danny Jansen's year would have been like if he'd been healthy? Uh, you're talking maybe hit 30? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Does he have, does he have pop to hit 30? I don't know. I, 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 do, I do think that he's hitting the breaking ball better. Because, you know, it's sort of like the whenever a team that's facing you sees changes, you're widening out. I mean, he says it out loud. All I'm trying to do is play yeah, the baseball. Exactly. Look how yeah. close I'm standing to the plate. Yeah. Well, they're going to see if you can hit a heater in. I mean, that's the first thing. The first time you see a guy crowd the plate, okay. Can you get the head out? Yeah. So they're finding out if he can do that. Now they know he can do that. Now what they start doing in fastball counts, they start flipping it. Now he is hitting at the bottom of the order. Now he did hit six yesterday, but mainly he's at the bottom three, right? He usually doesn't hit six. The playoffs will be interesting to see yeah. where he's hitting. Well, it's going to depend a lot. It's going to depend on Alejandro. I mean, there's, and, there's and a Lord whole bunch of things. There's a, lot right. to go, there's a lot going into that. <laughs> so it is very interesting to see him starting to hit the breaking ball better. You know, him going the other ways by accident, he's not trying to do that. I mean, it's fun he's, for him again, to come he's out told and say, us that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun to see him do that. But it's an accident. Woo-hoo. Like, you know, you're yeah. sort of, I got one idea, and I'm either late or I'm out in front of a breaking ball, and it just so happens, goes over there because I have tons of confidence and I'm mechanically sound right now. Again, I'm going to go back to the thing. I just think the Alejandro Kirk in front of him, Danny Jansen started the season as the number one catcher. By the second month of the season, he was not. Right. And you see Kirky doing that. I've been in that role. I know how that feels. You better figure it out, dude. Because they're talking about trading you because you got a guy that's better than you that's in front of you. Yeah. That's a big deal. I think that gets back to sort of all these guys that are fighting for playing time. You go in the cages. You go home, look yourself in the mirror and go, man, <laughs> this dude's figured it out. Maybe I need to also. And I just like the way he's, you know, he has better rhythm with his hands. I know he's wider based, which helps him have a little flatter bat path, but you can tell the rhythm. He has flow to his hands, right? When you're that wide, you sort of lose your lower half. Now you're trying to just drop barrel to ball. That's all you're trying to do, right? Because you stand so close to the plate and the guy's gearing it up. So you're just trying to drop it. You got to have good flow to your hands. You got to be able to know where the barrel's at. And if you don't know where the barrel's at, you're going to be out and around. You're not going to hit the ball as hard as you want to hit it. So yeah, I, he's he's going to be hard to keep out of the lineup. And that's an interesting question on what do you do. Can you play him and Kirk at the same time is the question. I think if you do that, you almost have to have Moreno on your roster. I, there has to be a just reason. Is, is, is Does he justify a reason? That, that uh, 
and and you made this point that will come down, I think, largely to Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s health. Yep. If Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s in the lineup, then perhaps then perhaps you don't have Danny Jansen in the lineup in days when he is. How catching. can you not have him though? Yeah. Like you you want your I best know, lineup on the field. Yep. If you got Luis Castillo, when hits are gonna be hard to come come by. Yeah. Uh we haven't talked about Kevin Gossman yet. He left yesterday's game in the third inning with a cut on his middle finger. Uh, John Schneider saying afterwards that had it been a playoff game mm-hmm. or even a, a game earlier in the regular season, they probably would have let him go. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, it, it's the middle finger for Kevin Gossman is an important finger given that, well, it's important for every pitcher, every right-handed pitcher, but it takes a lot of the, the pressure for his splitter. And this is something that, He's he's had he's had to deal with blisters in that finger a yeah. lot. He's got a whole routine, a finger care routine, yep. and everybody seems to think that this will be you know this will be okay. Obviously, the proof proof will be in the pudding. I will say this though: the fact that it's a cut as opposed to blister might yeah, be yeah. might be a might be a better thing. Um, your level of concern one to ten zero. He'll figure it out. He's been there before. He's had this before. He's got like he could be looking they, at six days off. Yeah, game two. That that game two is Saturday. Yeah, him and Rob, he'd get Robbie Ray probably. Yeah, oh man. I mean, you you talk about pitching. You just if you're a fan of baseball, Robbie Ray got lit up yesterday. I did. He did well, not he, look good. Well, he ain't burying the slider. Is, when you don't bury the slider and you're him. Yeah, he's had two seamer though. It's going to be a little different element, and the Blue Jays haven't seen him since that. So it's you know it's again. Having all this lineup with the way the Blue Jays are tougher outs is going to be a big deal. But the Kevin Gosman thing, look, they're going to do all they can do to figure it out. And, and you know, when I was playing, it was super glue. Super glue it up and, you know, take it yeah. off after a couple of days and it would be normal. I mean, they got all technology to figure it out. Yeah. They're going to laser it and they'll the, do whatever it takes. I wonder if there isn't a possibility, too. And and this this might play into... Uh, Blue Jays' hands in some way. If you have Alec Manoa going in game one of the playoffs, which we now, it now appears as if John Schneider is, is essentially said, that, well, they're, they're going to have Alec Manoa in game one of the mm-hmm. postseason. You win that game. If there is at all any concern about Kevin Gossman, mm-hmm. any concern about Kevin Gossman, you may go with Ross Stripling in game two for a couple of reasons, not the least of which that lines up Kevin Gossman for the first start of the next series. That's a lot of time off for Kevin Gossman, though, right? If you're talking about pitching Sunday, the... Yeah, if, but he's not a location guy. Games, he's a stuff guy. I don't so think that'll help. Uh, that won't you don't hurt think you that'll, Okay. I don't think so. Again, I think Because you're looking at basically his... seven... If he pitches Sunday, if the series goes... You're, you're probably looking at seven or eight days off. Yeah, I'm not thinking that's... I mean, velocity, movement. Does he rely on movement? No, he relies more on the steering wheel, the middle finger, right. to have the splitty and the slider go where the splitty so, and the slider are going to go. You'd be okay I, yeah. playing games with, with his... With with rest days Is with Kevin Gosman. Is that overthinking it, though? Yeah. If I, if I got a chance to do some... Just standing on their neck, I'm doing it. Yeah. You? Why would you take a chance? Yeah, I'm not a fan of being cute. Uh, of getting cute. That's cute. Uh, I'm not a fan of getting cute uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Because you know Robbie I, I, Ray's going to be fired up, man. Yeah. But, so I mean, Robbie Ray. I'd can, rather have Robbie, my best. Robbie Ray can be fired up all he wants. Um, well, when the slider's working, he he's a he's a. It wasn't tough working. Kid. It wasn't working okay, yesterday. That's, that's against Oakland. That's not against the Blue Jays. Yeah, but so. It's yeah. the Blue Jays, not Oakland. Yeah. Like, and it's a playoff Oakland. game. Like, yeah. <laughs> what does Bo Bichette have to do to get talked about? It? I mean, this is I just I think the accepted. less you talk about them, you, you, that means they're really good, right? It's funny. I saw that Jason Stark did his uh, his picks you know, his, for, what? for awards. And he had, and he listed the 10, 10 players. No, he had 10 players he listed for most valuable player. Bo was the Blue Jay that was on that most valuable player list. Well, uh, he's not obviously he's not he's not going to be in the conversation in the Yale most valuable player. Okay. But it, it pretty hard to not say that that he has turned into their most valuable position player this year, Kevin. That I mean, this is well, it's not two months now. Well, you said it was Chapman earlier. It's not him anymore. Uh, it's not. It's not Lourdes. Vlad, I mean, it's not, it's not Vladdy. Not Vladdy. 
I mean, it's not Springer. I mean, there is nobody else. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you could argue him and Manoa. Are you surprised that he's been able to keep, that Bo has been able to keep this up now? Not really. Not really. Like we're talking, I, I do we're that. talking, a, we're talking two months, basically. Uh, uh, six uh, weeks, basically. A lot of people handle pressure differently. It's a lot of pressure on that dude to live up to arguing about a, a, a contract in the offseason, spring training, you're, you know, yelling and screaming back from your organization. Well, he wasn't yelling. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there was some, there was you some know, you, I, yeah. I, should, I should get more money. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And then coming into the season, you're expected from the get until the end to be one of the best players in baseball. It's a lot of pressure. Like, yeah, yeah, there's, the, there's other teams that you're facing and other players that are really, really good. And there's a, there's a track record on you. And I do think the ups and downs of trying to be a better shortstop has hurt him offensively. You've mentioned this before. Should he pay more attention to his offensive side of the ball? Yep. He's basically shown us that. Like, he's went in cages. You can tell. The way he takes pitches. Yet his, his issues now. Yet his Brett, issues now are defensive. It, well, what would you rather have? Like, yeah. would you rather have an occasional throwaway, a weird angle body throw, or him going three for four with two RBIs. I know what I'd like. Can, can I ask you this? Is this is this what we should expect from Bo defensively? I think so. For going how can, forward, how can they get better? I, I'm I'm asking. I don't know. And and I I mean I'm prepared to live with it. But Trey Turner I, comes here, he'd be playing second. Yes. If anything, this year has has shown two things. One. It's really, I'm sorry, that this last two months has shown two things. One, it's really reestablished Bo's value. Two, I think it's opened the discussion again about possibly going to second base if, 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 if you get one of those can't, premier shortstops. But it, it, it really is true. You can't teach experience. I mean, there's so many ground balls you can take off a machine on one knee and backhanding with the waffle mitt. I mean, all oh, that's cool and it's fun and it helps a lot. But to actually get out there and do it and all the angles and the, you know, the the pressure of the guy running, big time play, that guy's on the ropes, that play has to be made. Unless you actually are doing it a lot. And Bo's going through it now, right? It's see, he is the quarterback on the field. Uh, he's going through I think Matt Chapman's kind of the quarterback. He, I don't field. know. I, I, think, I, I get the impression I think, Matt Chapman's I the guy it, that I think it'll always be. I mean, he helps, right? He's he's sort of the security blanket for everybody in that infield. But I think it's still it's still Bo. Like the I understand. And especially next year when there's no shift, it's really gonna be Bo. If nobody else comes here, it's better than Bo, and he's still playing short. I just think it's that experience thing. The more experience he gets, make the routine play all the time. How can he do that? Can he get better at that? Yes or no? I hate to say all the time because he's a human being, I but you want to be great, not good. You got to make it all the time. I don't know if at this point a guy can get better at the routine play. You've seen a lot of routine plays by now in your career, right? What's You've seen a lot of routine. No shift? Well, that's a question. That's too. a fair. That's what we consider root. That's that's a fair point. What we consider routine now may not be routine next year. Routine next year is going to be what we kind of grew up with as a routine play for shortstop, and it's entirely Moving possible. Side to and, side, and making the throw in the run. Maybe that plays into Bo's wheelhouse a little more. I I don't know. Freeze him up to not be so. We, you know, you got this spot. I got this spot. How dare I come to your spot? There's a yeah. little that confusion sometimes yeah it, it may make uh it may be uh it may make a little difference but all that aside you know the um the narrative around Bo Bichette of I mean I don't know serious serious consideration given to trading Bo I don't think there ever was but the fact that he was even that people were even entertaining that as a possibility, something that would have been unthinkable a year ago, um, I, I think showed you just. And Bo admits he well, he wasn't really good at the he time. He admits that he was not good at the time. No, yeah. and he's he's admitted that he's admitted he's 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 shut out the outside noise, and uh, has he just focused on? I think he has mm. just focused on going getting back to what he was doing and trusting his two strike approach. I, I think I think I think deal. that set every that set everything up for him. He oh, I did he went back and you pointed out when he did Man. it. He went back 
trusted the two-strike approach, and the most important thing is had success doing it right away. And one thing about both, it's working, he ain't going to change it. Once it started working, It frees him up to take the Big Daddy hacks. It really does. Like the the hack that the helmet's flying off and the hair's cool. It frees him up to do that because he knows he's got that blanket to just lean on, two strikes, I'm a tough out, I can let the ball travel, I can hit velocity with the two-strike approach, no leg kick. Kevin, he's leading. I love it. He's leading. He was going into Sunday leading the American League in hits. I love. He's leading the American getting, League in hits. He's getting to the point in the playoffs where you'd pitch around him. Two pitch to Vlad. I was. That was my next. Well, we'll 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 I have plenty I, of time to talk about well, it. Well, you but, heard me say that. Pitch to Vlad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare I say that? But yeah. Well, we've already had. Uh, well, we've already had Aaron Judge decide, or uh, Aaron Boone decide that he'd rather pitch to Vladdy than Alejandro Kirk. Right? He came out and said it. Dan Schulman is our Blue Jays voice on Sportsnet. He will be calling the Blue Jays series for ESPN Radio. Dan Schulman joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Sportsnet 360. Hello, Mom. And wherever you get your favorite podcast. Starting Monday, be sure to tune into the J.D. Bunkus podcast. Weekday mornings at 9 on Sportsnet 590, the fan, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. The fire alarm has stopped. <clears throat> I was distracted. Adrian Award on Twitter says, in regards to not wanting to leave your hotel room during a fire alarm, it's actually better to stay in your room these days, as oh. long as the fire isn't in your room, obviously. That's pretty good if the fire isn't in your room. What if you have to jump? Jumping. And if you, if you had just left when it first started, you wouldn't have to jump. How about that? I'm asking. I've spent a lot of time in hotel rooms on the road. You know if there's a, if a serious fire in your hotel. How do you know? You know. Does it sound different? It just Does it know. buzz different? You know. Is it louder? You know. How do you know? You just know. You have a second sense about it. Oh, things. you do? Yeah. Why? <laughs> really? Yeah. Absolutely. If you don't smell smoke, you don't leave. I'd say if you don't smell <laughs> smoke, you don't leave your floor? room. Like what? you're on the first floor and it happens on the fifteenth floor. Well, that's now all right. What? If I'm on the first floor, I, I got no or problem. I'll walk floor. out. Oh, so you'll leave? Yeah. First thing oh. I do is I go up and check and make sure the concierge lounge is okay in the Marriott. And if there's nobody in the concierge lounge, that's where you hang out for the fire. Uh, I mean, they're, they're firemen for a reason. I mean, they got all those ladders. If they're gonna have to come get you, they're gonna have to come get you. Let's bring in Dan Shulman, Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet, who will be calling. The Blue Jays series, whoever it's against, wherever it is, for ESPN Radio. Danny, thanks very much for joining us. Give me your, uh, give me your gut call on who the Jays will be playing on Friday and where they will be playing. And I won't hold you to it, although our <laughs> listeners probably will. I will. Well, uh, I'll just the math suggests at home to Seattle. That's the most likely uh, situation. So uh, I think I'll, I think I will go with that. Um, you good with uh, that? You know. I'm uh, I'm very selfish, so I'm good with them starting at home. I, I <laughs> October is generally a month of travel for me. Right. Um, you know, going right through the end of the World Series for ESPN Radio. So, getting days at home to be with my family and to call Blue Jays games—that's a bonus. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm. Of course, I'm good with that. Yeah. I would lo- I would love to be on the 300 level of the Rogers Center on Friday. From the Jays' point of view, I would think they would be okay with that would they or yeah. would you rather have the race see i'd rather have the race um i i don't i, I believe in in the baseball gods and not trying to overthink it and and i think you take you, you know you can't control who you're going to play so i don't think you should worry about who you're going to play once you know who you're going to play then then figure out how you're going to try to beat them but i i think the blue jays just need to keep the train on the tracks they're playing well win the game that's in front of them, secure home field, and and, and see who the opponent is. Uh, you know, neither's going to be easy. They're both good teams, and Seattle's going to bring in uh, Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, and maybe a soft-tossing lefty in Marco Gonzalez, and we know what those lefty change-up guys can do to this lineup for whatever reason. And then Tampa Bay's got McClanahan. Glass now has shown up again, right? Mm-hmm. He might be available. 
in a limited role. Jeffrey Springs, who's like, you know, the same kind of guy as Marco Gonzalez, another guy who can give him fits. Drew Rasmussen is good. Um, I'm with you. Maybe the Rays would be a bit of an easier matchup, but but honestly, if I'm the Blue Jays, until you know who you're going to play, I just worry about the Blue Jays. If Brios is on your roster, obviously he will be. Would it be a little easier to use him out of a pen at home? What do you think? Uh, that's a, I, it's not something I've thought of. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a challenge for him to come out of the pen if he's needed, to be honest with you, yeah. because it, it's not like he's coming in in the eighth inning with runners at first and third, you know, right? So he's coming in if something happens early to one of the starters, and he won't come in in the middle of an inning. Phelps or Pop or somebody will come in and get out of that, and then Barrios will have 15 minutes to warm up for the next inning. So um, I, I don't know. That's a good question, Kevin. I, I, I don't know if I think it makes a difference if it's home or road. And listen, we've seen both Jose Barrios's this year. He's likely to come in and throw four great innings. Like we have no idea. Right. So um, I don't believe, well, he's supposed to start tonight. So he's obviously not starting in the, in the, in the wild card round, but he should be on the roster. He should be the long man. You know, the game, remember extra innings is legit extra innings, right? No yep. runner at second or anything. Right. So, if a game goes 11 or 12 or whatever, he could be in there then. And if they advance, he's the fourth starter, which means he could be the game one starter of the division series. Mm-hmm. If they go three and the, and the, the other three guys start those games. Like if they're going to have a deep run, Jose Barrios is going to be a part of this. Yeah. The playoff roster is intriguing. You know, I think it's basically a slam dunk for a couple of guys. And that, that would be Moreno and Zimmer. Who do you think makes it out of those two guys? Well, I'm going to backtrack on something I said to you last week. Okay. <laughs> so you can scrub it off the website or whatever. So, <laughs> so last week I said to you, I don't think the Blue Jays have done this dance with Bradley Zimmer all season long to not take him. Mm-hmm. And I've, I think I've changed my mind, and I've changed my mind for a couple of reasons. And it, it's funny. I think Danny Jansen has actually hurt Bradley Zimmer here because Jansen is hitting so well, he's got to be in the lineup. He's got to, yeah. Uh, I think um, game one, Manoa pitches, Kurt catches, and maybe it depends who they play. But if they get Shane McClanahan, like for sure, Danny Jansen's in the lineup. And even if it's Luis Castillo in Seattle, a righty on the mound, I, I I think Jansen's going to get some DH at bats in this series, mm-hmm. and we know Kirk is going to get some DH at bats in this series. So if your if your other catcher is DHing two of the three or all three that increases the likelihood in my mind that you want a third catcher. Yep. Um, you know, Zimmer and Bradley there, it's good to have both of them. You can really shore up your outfield defense. Zimmer obviously is your best bet to score from first on a double score from second on a single. If you're using him as a pinch runner, that sort of thing. But you know, it's the way Jansen's hit and it's seeing Moreno out there taking ground balls and fly balls the last couple of days at three o'clock at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. I think they're just trying to get him as ready and as versatile. Like, I think he's going to be kind of the emergency guy for them. He's a good athlete. And, and uh, you know, the other, the other part of it too, I think is with Merrifield's play, like he's the second baseman right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so Kevin Biggio might be the pinch runner late. Like they're going to have to run for Kirk at some point, probably mm-hmm. down a run in the eighth or ninth inning. Then they can have, and, and the extra innings rule too. What if you don't have a, if you lose your DH, cause you got to make your other, right. you know, you got to put your other guy behind the plate. And now you've got four five, six innings of baseball left to cover two, three at bats where you've lost your DH. So I've changed my mind. I, I think Zimmer might be out and I think Moreno might be in. Yeah, I, I think, you know, ha- having you walk it through, walk through it that way with us. And, and yeah, it, it makes, I'm, I'm with you as well. I was a little, I was kind of on the fence, but seeing what Danny's doing, knowing how John manages the team. And I guess a lot will depend, too, on, on Santiago Espinal and Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s availability, yes. too. That, that will have a, a significant role uh, in, in that decision-making. But, yeah, I, I think it's... You know, you have to ask yourself, what what else does Bradley Zimmer give you other than the best part of his skill set? And almost everybody else on the roster at least has two things they can do for you. You know what I mean? You, there, there are two things you can you can utilize them for. So I'm with you. But yeah, Whit, Whit Merrifield, uh, Dan, what what to your mind explains what we've seen from Whit Merrifield? So uh, I, I I guess we give him. Um... You know, he's always been an everyday player, mm-hmm. and he's 
and he's never been traded before. And, you know, Kevin, you can speak to this. That first time you get traded can be a little bit jarring. And, um, and he got traded to a team in a pennant race. He didn't get traded in December and have spring training to get to know everybody. Um, and I would imagine he came in here, you know, just wanting to prove himself and not knowing what his role was and and i i don't know if maybe the whole vaccine thing back then you know it's a non-story now obviously Mm -hmm. but it was pretty big story a couple of months ago so um and now and and he didn't hit at the beginning and biggio was going pretty good then and you had espinal and now merrifield's playing like twice a week so um he kind of had to hit his way into the lineup if you ask schneider he says consistent at bats like, Whit Merrifield's a good player. He led the league in doubles last year. He led the league in stolen bases last year. He's not old. You know, he's 32 or whatever he is, but it's not like he aged five years in the last year. He's a good player. So um, I, I think it's just, you know, maybe settling in, getting comfortable, um, playing more, and hitting down in the bottom of the order. There, it, there's very little pressure on him. Like, he's not hitting in front of Laddie or anything like that. I mean, I guess he kind of is because he's hitting nine and Vladdy's mm. up near the top. But you know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. His job is just to get on base. And, and Buck has said it a dozen times. When Merrifield gives them a different feel, a different energy. The other team has to be on its toes. And he's just doing Whit Merrifield things. You know, one down the left field line, one down the right field line. That play that he made up the middle yesterday when the ball ricocheted off Bichette's glove and he threw him out was a great play. Yep. And... In my mind, and I love Santiago Espinal, love him. But even if he's healthy enough to come back and play, I think Whit Merrifield's playing second base in game one, and he's playing second base as long as his bat's going pretty well. And, you you know, you could see Espinal in defensively late in the game for sure. But, um, you know, the way Whit's playing, he's got to be in there. He's a great base runner, too. They need that yes. in, in the playoffs, which yes. is going to help. But I want to I ask about the lineup. Uh, if Teoscar continues to tear up the baseball, would you hit him clean up and just move Kirky wherever you move Kirky, or would you leave Kirky in the cleanup spot? Well, I'll tell you this. So Teoscar, when Kirk's in there, Teoscar's been six most of the time, yeah. and Chapman's but Chapman's been five. That, to me, at this point, is an easy flip. And it's it, it goes to show you how funny baseball is, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Kevin. Nope. A couple of weeks ago, you asked me if if I would sit Teoscar and if Tapia should play. Sure. Like, that's right, and that's yeah. that's the nature of the beast. And, and we all are like that. We all get caught up when a guy gets hot. We all get caught up when a guy gets cold and all that. But his bat can be a game changer. So I, I think I'd leave him at five. I think I would... I think I'd leave Kirk at four. There's something about Kirk's contact ability that I like behind the big boys because it seems like a lot of times he's up there when contact is going to get you a run. Contact is going to do you do you some good. So um, I, I think they'll leave Kirk at four. Um, you know, he's not swinging the bat quite as well as he did earlier in the year, obviously. And and as you well know, you know, things you might think about for a week in the regular season and then make a change, sure. you might think about for a day in the playoffs and then make a change, right? Because you don't have as much time. So it, it's it's a very good thought. I'm sure it's a conversation that they've had. But at the very least, I'd like to see him up to five. Mm-hmm. Dan, is this as good as you have seen Bo Bichette at the plate? Uh, I will say there was one other period, and I remember talking to Bo about it. It was in the shortened season in 2020, mm-hmm. right before he got hurt. Um, he had a week. It wasn't this long of a stretch. I mean, the whole season wasn't this long, you know. So, but he he had a week or ten days where he was on fire, and I remember talking to him and saying, "I've never felt better." And then he got hurt, and and he didn't play for uh, the last for about three weeks or or something like that. But um, I, I haven't like dug into the numbers, mm-hmm. but it feels like he's taking more, but he hasn't lost his aggressiveness. If you know what I mean? Like yep. he's just making really good decisions. He looks like he's up there with a free mind and maybe that's us, you know, uh, seeing what we see and making it fit our narrative and all that. But um, you know, the at bats seem to be one or two pitches where he's ambushing guys. And if not, they're like eight or nine pitches and, mm-hmm. and, you know, then he gets into Bo Bichette two-strike mode and the battle begins. So um, he's obviously in a very good place, a really, really good place. When the Yankees were in town, I talked to a few of their people, and they were, like, rolling their eyes like, whoa. Um, you know, for all of the conversation about 
what was it? Should they walk Vladdy to get to Kirk? Remember when Vladdy right, won yeah. the game with the hit? Um, there were conversations about should they walk Bo to get to Vladdy? Yeah. Like that tells you something that uh, about how other teams are, are viewing Bo Bichette. And he's in a great, great spot right now. It's I don't know that there's been a time this year – like, if you go through the regular nine, it feels like six or seven of them are swinging the bats mm-hmm. really, really well right now. And it feels like most of the time it's been more like three, four, maybe five. But, you know, what the bottom of the order, also I think what the bottom of the order is doing, whether it's Tapio, or Jansen or Merrifield, I don't want to leave anybody out, but that when those guys are on base, imagine being the pitcher and you've got traffic and now you got to deal with Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero. That that just makes those three guys even more dangerous. Dan, how do you how do you grade Matt Chapman's offensive year? He's so up and down, I just don't know how to grade yeah. him. Is it a yeah. good year, a bad year, a medium year, okay year? How do you grade his year? It's interesting because it's better than his year last year, but it's not as good as his 18 or 19. Um, I guess I would say, okay, somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a fascinating guy. You know, his his exit velocities and all that. He hits the ball as hard as Teoscar and Vladdy do, but he swings and misses more. And he doesn't chase like a Teoscar will. He swings and misses in the zone. Um, and again, I don't know anything about hitting mechanics. So I, I would say, you know, the power has been a plus. Um, the walks and the number of pitches that he sees have been a plus, but the amount of contact has been uh, a, a minus. So overall, I would say it's been an okay year. I bet you if you asked him, he wouldn't even get you to okay. I, I bet you he's pro- he's tough on himself. Yeah. He's, hard, he's hard on himself defensively, if you can believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine what he might, must be like offensively. But when they got him, I think they knew they weren't going to get Marcus Simeon 2021 numbers. Like, that's just not realistic. But they needed him defensively. And as you guys, I'm sure, know, uh, you can go up to any coach or the manager and ask them about Matt Chapman, and you can ask them about anything you want. And within 15 seconds, they'll be telling you about what a leader he is and what a force in the clubhouse he is. And there's no analytic for that, but I I think that's pretty important on this group. Yeah, we're led to believe that the the whole – post-game thing the Jays go through, the whole pirate yeah, yeah. thing that they've, that they've developed was, was largely the result of his imagination, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I mean, that, that for a new guy to come, for a guy to come in and, and be able to put his imprint on a team like that really does, it says a lot about him. It really does that you can come in and be, have that, an immediate positive impact on a group of guys that have been together for a long time. And, you know, Matt... I mean, he wasn't with this team during COVID, right? So he joined a pretty close-knit group, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, the, they're the young guys who generally are the more, uh, you know, outgoing, fun guys. And then, you know, you've got veterans from other teams too, right? You've got, mm-hmm. obviously, George Springer's a big force, and you've got Gosman and Stripling and et cetera, et cetera. It, it's, it's a really interesting, diverse group in a lot of different ways. And he didn't walk in um, at the end of March and announce, hey, I'm mad and I'm the leader. Like, you've got to earn that. Mm-hmm. But I, I – and sometimes, as you guys know, when you travel with the team on the road, you, you see – you know, it's a different – you know, there are fewer media. You're around them in, in smaller groups and that sort of thing. And you can see whether it's Bo, whether it's Biggio, um, whether it's Vladdy like they gravitate towards him and, and he can, he can pump them up and, and he can remind them of things they need to be reminded of sometimes. So um, I think he's very important. And if we heard November the 8th, maybe that he's been signed to an extent, he's got one more year, Mm -hmm. but if we, if we heard November the 8th, that he's been signed to an extension that um, that wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't shock me at all. I, I, I know how highly they think of him. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you with you on that i that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me in the slightest dan thanks so much for doing yeah. this man hey listen safe travels mm-hmm. and uh have a great call on espn have fun and uh yeah be well okay thanks guys i will see you soon Thank absolutely you. dan shulman blue jays play-by-play voice on sportsnet he will be calling the blues blue jays series for espn radio and of course he will be part of espn's coverage yep. all the way through I d- the 2022 postseason. I just think it's funny. I think Dan brought this up during the celebration that uh, Chapman was fish eyeing his glove, making sure that no champagne or anything yes. was getting on it because that's not normal. 
It's really not for for a guy that hits in the middle of the order. A guy that's got, I mean, he's got twenty seven big ones. Like it's not like he's having a you know an yeah. awful year. It's normally the bat. Like everybody wants to hide the bat, make sure nobody touches it or steals. <laughs> nobody would ever steal it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you're making sure that that's okay. And it's his glove. I just find that intriguing. Like that would never be me. I bet that's not Vladdy. I bet that's not Bo. Like you're always a hitter first. It seems like he's not. It's funny how that is. Yeah. Like, I just, I find that intriguing, and I think that tells you a lot about who he is as a player and a person and what he thinks he brings most to this team. Not Maybe not to another team, but to this team. Yeah, see, I, I think in a lot of ways, looking back on that deal now, this is a per, he's a perfect fit for this no team, question. and this team's a perfect fit for him. No question. I I really believe that. And and we talked about this at the start. I No expectations for batting average. Give me some doubles, hit 30 home runs, mm-hmm. I'm a happy boy. Play the defense you're playing. That's all I need from him. He needs a trigger. Like, I, that That for me would take him to a whole different level. I mean, he's hitting, what is he hitting? Two, Dude. two, two th- 30. Yeah. I, it it's probably went down a little bit, so it's in the 220s. But trigger. Get something started back so you can get better separation. A lot of the times his hands Follow his front foot. That's why they pitch him up. He has trouble because his barrel dips below his hands mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a trigger. Add a trigger. I don't think that's something you can add in season. Right. But it could be minor little thing. It could be a bigger hand movement, more waving. It could be a leg kick. Something to get your weight on the inside of your back knee so you get a trigger to add separation between your hands. It's the rubber band effect. Everybody that hits, even when you start hitting as a young person, knows what the rubber band effect is. He right now, for me anyway, consistently doesn't have that. And he has tremendous power. He could have more power with a little Danny, bit of a trigger. Danny's right, though. I mean, they've got a lot of contractual decisions to make in the offseason. It wouldn't surprise me if you if we find out they've given him, they've added two years onto that deal and, and got him for three years. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, no, no shit. Surprise Next year would, would hurry that up, I think. Yeah, because he's... He's going to help. He's, he's, almost uh-huh. like, he's like, almost like a human shift. Without the shift. He's going to have to hide that hole over there. Yeah. The the ground that he covers is... It yeah. helps. <laughs> it <laughs> certainly does. It does. John Schneider is the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He joins us at 1130. When we come back, we'll take a look around the East. We'll sum up the wild card race for you and maybe talk a little bit about Aaron Judge. Just a bit. Eh. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Defense. Sportsnet 360... And whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts.